All right, welcome to the Mountainpreneur Podcast. This is Nick alongside co-host Bobby LaRue. David. What's up, brother? Oh, good evening. Yeah, we're normally doing this in the morning. You are. talk why we're doing it in the evening in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you might hear a little jingle jingle, and that's why we're doing it in the evening, because drinking in the morning is never... Unless you want to drink all day. (laughs) Well, we're super excited. Today we have, in the studio, we have um, Ryan from 10th Mountain uh, Division Whiskey. Close enough. 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. Yeah. Named in honor of the 10th Mountain Army Division. Which I'm excited to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely. But... um, yeah, little. I'm, I'm a little nervous, Bobby, to have somebody else on the podcast. <laughs> no, I think it's you know due time, due time. Um, I like it. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. We're the first guest. Yeah. Stoked to be here. Yeah. But yeah, the whole idea uh, starting this podcast was not just to have me and Nick talk to you guys and talk to each other. It was also to bring other mountainpreneurs on there, um, people that have maybe been in business a lot longer than us, um, done multiple different things, just to get their story, get their ideas, and and yeah, have a general conversation. And I always love to figure out like. You kind of a little bit about like where you came from and how you got here, and yeah, it doesn't sure. have to be that like super long story, but it's like you know, just a little background, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. Where's where's the home stopping ground? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, right. <laughs> so born and raised in Houston, Texas. Uh, finished school in Dallas at SMU, mm-hmm. and then uh, packed the truck up and moved up here in '98. And I didn't know a person up here in town. I was just like, I'm going skiing. I'm going to figure it out when I get there. I bartended a little bit my last couple of years in Dallas. I'm like, I'm going to bartend at night and ski during the day. And all my buddies in Texas are like, you're not going to do that. That's the dream, man. You can't go up there and do that. I'm like, wash me. Let's go. Let's go figure this out. So, Hold my beer. Yeah, let's go figure this out. So I came up here and uh, started my first gig. My first uh, couple months was uh, with a catering uh, job at the Cascade. We were just speaking about it a little bit right. off mic. And then uh, got into uh, catering jobs with Vale Associates. And then got a bartending job on top of uh, the gondola at Eagle's Nest. Up at uh, um, at the time, boys, and that was Bistro 14, I think. It was Blue Moon Cafe when I first started. This was in 98, 99. And then from there, uh, bartended around Vale uh, Village for a little bit. Uh, Sweet Basil for three years. Uh, tap Room uh, for a couple years. If you remember those days, Nick might have been. No, I remember, time. That. I, I remember that. that. I remember Tap Room. It was awesome. Yeah. And then I uh, was about to leave. Uh, was uh, looking into law schools uh, to go down that road and was very close to leaving. Then a restaurant opportunity came up and figured I'd take advantage of, uh, of that, or at least not take advantage of it, but try to, try to get into it. And it was the right opportunity at the right time and ended up starting a restaurant in 2002, the Westside Cafe. Uh, so started that and uh, ran that with two other guys. And we still have, I still have my thumb on that with those same two business partners there. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and then with those two guys, we started uh, two, two other restaurants, uh, uh, quick serve places called Mizupa. And had those for five or six years. Ended up uh, selling one, and then uh, selling one as the business, and then renting the other one out as a commercial real estate play, uh, just uh, a couple blocks away from here uh, where we're recording this. Um, let's see, uh, 2005, I started a uh, representing title companies uh, that didn't have local representation. When someone goes online and gets a mortgage, uh, they need a, uh, someone to represent the title company to go close those loans. So I would go and do that. I was a, a traveling notary, a closing agent, and built that business and sold that in 2013. Took that money uh, and then was watching what the craft distillery movement was doing. I homebrewed quite a bit. Uh, had fun homebrewing just uh, for shits and grins. And distilling is the natural next step. Was watching what the craft distilling movement was doing and and uh, what Stranahan's, uh, what Breck Bourbon, uh, Breck Distillery was uh, making happen. And it's like someone in this town is going to make whiskey sooner or later. I'm like, hell, might as well be me. So mm-hmm. uh, took some of the took took the um, the funds from uh, selling that uh, uh, closing company 
and invested into what is now 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. So uh, started with a, t- a 13 gallon still. It's on display at the at the distillery if you go on a tour. Um, went out to Moonshine University in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a- an actual thing. Uh, it's a week. It's, it's a week long course. And I got hands-on distilling knowledge there with a big still. Uh, learned a hell of a lot of the chemistry side of things. Uh, learned some marketing things. Most importantly, made a lot of great connections within the industry. Still lean on those guys on occasion today, not nearly as often as we used to. But uh, came back, wrote a business plan, convinced a, a bank to get behind me. And, and here we are now, seven years later. And long story short, man, you wanted the cliff notes. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. No, it was great. I mean, because you answered a lot of questions that I was going to probably ask anyway. So it's like you yeah. might as well, you know, go go all in it. And I think that's perfect. Like you, you heard, you, we heard your progression, right? Yeah. And, that, and uh, seven years it's been. I, I can remember when it started. Um, it, right. It's yeah. been a staple. I, you know, your first spot to your, to your new location now and then the distillery and right. everything that's developed from it. Um, and you mentioned you're still on Westside. I think... That's pretty special too. Like to talk about uh, your first venture is still kind of going. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which is pretty awesome. And it's not just yeah. going well. I mean, if you've ever been to Vail, Colorado, you know that's where you eat breakfast is right. Westside Cafe. <laughs> right. And uh, they don't only really serve breakfast, but it's definitely sure. a staple for that. Yeah. Um, I, I think Nick had some questions about partnership, and I wasn't sure that it actually fit, but you brought that up, right? Like you've I think been it probably, in a partnership it for a long time. Probably now. fits better than what you guys think. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh and and one more thing that might come up in conversation as well. And then Mike Steve Mike Steve and I are partners at the West Side. We also uh, have a place in Mintern employee housing unit uh, complex there that, was, that we manage and are hands on with, um, which is a really unique business and we'll save it for another time. It's not very sexy, but it's really unique and interesting. We learned a lot from that. Uh, but partnerships um Started the West Side with uh, uh, Mike Dennis and Steve Solomon, and still are partners with them to this day. Eighteen years later, nineteen awesome. years later, whatever it is, uh, certainly had our ups and downs. But one thing in particular, I think the reason it works is because it's it's kind of like a stool. If you if if two partners disagree, there's a third partner to balance it out, and it takes all three partners for that stool to stand. Mm. Uh, I started Tenth Mountain Whiskey with a, a partner as well. Uh, but he's no longer involved, uh, and that's uh, I never saw that coming, but that's where we're at now. So now it's just uh, solely me with 10th Mountain Whiskey, and I've learned a lot uh, of lessons from that. Uh, so I've seen both sides of it. It's worked really well in one of the hardest businesses out there in the restaurants. A lot of people, you know, there's a saying out there, it's the only ship that sail, the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership, right? It's a business <laughs> thing. I think Dave Ramsey says it, right. if you're familiar with Ramsey at all. But um He's the one that coined that term, uh, which is it's interesting. But Mike, Steve, and I at this point, I've, I've kind of been through hell and back. Uh, right now, if someone, one of us gets mad, we just kind of laugh it off. <laughs> like, all right, you'll be fine in a day or two. And uh, and there's always the third person to bounce out. Like, hey, you're wrong and you're right. Shut up. Let's go have a beer. So, okay. Yeah. All right. I like that. A couple of questions. How do you guys structure it? Are you all even? Yeah, we third sure to third are. Third third? Yep, exactly. Yep. That's key. Yeah, when, I think so. When do you not go into a partnership? Yeah, well, I've heard recently that uh, a 50-50 partnership is a lazy way to do it. Mm-hmm. And that really, it's an article I read from a, a friend of mine that um, I just published it about a week or two ago. I'm like, wow, there's some truth to that for sure. Uh, and you can say a third, a third, a third is a lazy way to do it. Uh, when I started the West Side, I was 25 years old and I didn't know any better. I didn't know that you could divide up equity differently <laughs> like you know in, in, a, in, a, in a in a fantasy land everyone brings a third 
amount of the energy to it, a third amount the of the skills. time, a third amount of the skills. But it's uh, boy, and it's not a fantasy world out there necessarily. Uh, and I, it, you say it's lazy because like one person's not willing to step up and be like, and be able to say like I'm. I'm more. I'm more important. Not I'm more. Yeah, important it's, than you, it's, a, like, it's a harder conversation it's to a harder have conversation. to take. A it's look hard to at have it. that conversation. That's yeah, why it's absolutely. easy to just to say fifty-fifty. Yep, exactly. Yep, you nailed it. And it's like, all right, we're we're friends or we're business acquaintances. We're passionate about this new project that we're having. Everyone's passionate at the beginning, and they don't. A lot of times, they won't realize uh, the amount of effort it's going to take to get into it or or finances or whatever the case is. And, and so everyone, yeah, I'll do, I'm do, I'll do my share. If you're, if there's two other 50, 50, if it's three, it's a third, a third, a third, or whatever that looks like. But oftentimes a year, two or five years into it, it ends up being some guy or gal, one, one person is, is outweighing the other. And, and then it's an even harder question to have at that point. <laughs> uh, so how, how long has this partnership been in the third, 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 uh, 18, 19 years, 18, 19 was, years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since 2002, since, uh, September, 2002. Do you have one thing that's like, this is why we've been able to stay together? You know, I always fall back on just what I referenced previously is the fact that we're and we're all still good friends. Uh, we've been saying lately, like we haven't gone out and had a good dinner or a couple of beers together in a while. And we're like, it's time, let's go. Um, we've all gone through, uh, life changes. Um, we were all single bachelors at first. One has, has been married for, well, actually, sorry, two out of us were single. One was not, but he didn't have any kids. Uh, now he's got two kids. He's got a family and that's his priority. Uh, one might as well be married. He's married by common law, if nothing else at this point. And then there's me that's, you know, single bachelor out there, no kids. And, and, uh, and so we've all gone through some life changes. I've started a different business. Another Mike has started another restaurant. Uh, Steve has his family. That's his main focus. But we're all three still part of, of the Westside Cafe um, equally. And I think, you know, most important thing that's gotten us through is, one, the, all right, we, we'll get pissed off at each other on occasion. It's not an everyday thing by any means. Certainly not not these days. Uh, early on, it was maybe a little more often. But there was always that third person to offset or, or give their opinion on to, you know, hey, hey you're you're not being rational be quiet he's being rational and this is the right way to do it let's focus on that way instead of your way and and then the 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 guy that's um outweighed is just outweighed and has to suck it up and get on with it so yeah i think there's a lot of learning there too right yeah completely yeah you don't often take a check if it's just you i think of relationships even like it's not often that your wife husband significant other partner can tell you something your buddy or your two buddies can and you'll take it in a different way right so it does kind of separate that it's you know i've always been told recently too is like someone needs to be 51 right because there has to be like that little bit of a check a little bit of a balance when something does change and uh, i happen to be in a 50 50 but i'm it's a band also for life so it's a little bit different Um, but i do think we're forming our team around us to to be those people that'll like you said if we're not agreeing it's it's happened with covers like especially covers like we don't agree on a magazine cover and i'm adamant about it and i'm like well we need to get the team on it because it's not going to get solved with me and that one partner right and and one way to offset that maybe if you are 50 50 in uh, business right now if there's a key employee Mm. like all right your opinion's gonna sway this one way or the other there's a key employee that understands both sides of the argument that understands what's going into it and the decision uh and their opinion counts and then lean on them for sure is is one way to to balance that um were your roles defined from the beginning yes in both and in 
10th. However, they didn't play out like that, unfortunately. And that was part of the, the friction there. Uh, and in, in the West side, yes, they were. And oftentimes they are defined and then shit hits the fan and you got to do something differently. Mm-hmm. Can I cuss on this podcast? Don't. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the roles are fine, but you also have to be flexible and knowing that, all right, if the ship's going down and all hands on board and you just do whatever it takes to, to make it right. And, and boy, I could tell stories uh, all day long about uh, the first couple of years of the West Side of st- stuff happening and we're all just like, all right, let's do it. And then you have to come from, you know, kind of a winning background. Like, we're going to grind it out and we're going to make this yeah. work. I mean, the first couple of years were tough, tough, tough. And, but we're like, we're, we're not going down. We're going to, we're going to make this happen. Let's go. So, right. um, yeah. you get punched in the face. We're all three getting punched in the face at the same time. And then it's just, you look at each other like, all right, this sucks right now, but we're in it. So we're going to make it right. So, um, I think that's a big part of it. So yeah, there are defined terms, but then I think again, you have to be flexible as well. I like that. And you, you know, you, you touch on a lot about team and that was actually some questions we did have because, Throughout this, you know, we're all developing teams, right? Like, if, yeah. we, if you really want to be an entrepreneur, you, we talked about this in a past podcast, you can't be the operator forever, right? Like, you have to eventually be the owner. And you can't do that without a team or partners or whatever it is, you know, however, each business you have is, is very unique and different. But I'm sure you have a team member that shines, like you said, lean on that one team member. And we, we luckily have one in our office, but it's like, is there one... I, yeah, how did that happen? Like, with the team, was it an organic development? Did, was there one person you, like, needed to find or, or right. found that was like, oh, my God, my couple, business changed? Yeah, a couple know? things going on there. Uh, one of my favorite sayings uh, that I've come up, I came up a long time ago, just, I don't know where I guess, it's uh, in order to get it all done, you can't do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to have, you have to delegate. You have to have a team to get it done. And I'm an operator, but I'm not on the line in the kitchen as a chef at the west side early on i was i cooked but i wasn't the head chef uh at with 10th i can distill but i'm not running the still on a daily basis we have a head distiller that does that because if i'm doing that i'm not paying attention to everything else that's going on with the business we have a tasting room it's basically a full-time bar you guys are familiar with it right and yeah right in Vail and, village yep <laughs> and you guys uh, haven't been there right over the bridge awesome. right hand yep. side yeah good and, spot to be thank you sir uh, there's a taste room at the the distillery. There's our uh, sales and distribution here in Vail Valley. There's uh, managing the distributors in the different markets we're in across the country. It's and there's sales. marketing and there's socializing with the sales and and so if my head is in the still all day long, then I'm not paying attention to anything else. Right. As a chef, you're paying attention to your food and on the line, and you're not paying attention to the front of the house. You're not paying attention to the books necessarily. Maybe you can, but you're running 16, 17 hour days and you can do that for a little while, but that's not going to last. So um, I still consider myself an operator. I think when you get in as an owner, maybe your definition is different than mine, but as an owner, I think maybe that's a little more hands off. I'm, I'm in our in my businesses on a daily basis for sure. And, and people ask her like, hey, what does your day look like? I'm like, man. I don't have, I don't have, a day doesn't look like the same thing from day to day. It it's just depends on what's going on in the different businesses. I, I check in with the businesses and focus on different things on a daily basis and, and reach out with 10th. I'll talk to um, our distiller, not every day, but almost every day. I know what's going on every day. I'll talk to our tasting room manager, same thing, maybe not every day, but almost every day. I know what's going on in Vail Village. I'll talk with Steve and our, our uh, sales and distribution rep here in town. 
Um, we have a manager of the different distributors across the country, and we're, we're in 11, 12 states right now. And, and uh, so in those states then, so he manages those distributors and he goes and visits visits, visits them, excuse me. Uh, and so I'll talk to everybody and check in, but I'm not, and then I'll go chat with the distributors and make a special trip for something going on, or I'll be at the taste room for XYZ, or we're maybe doing a new mash bill coming off the still and go down and, and be with Sean and Jeremy while it's coming off the still and test that. And, um, and Sean can run the still like a rock star. He's not going to go up and run the tasting room tomorrow. He's not going to do the sales and management in, in town tomorrow. He's not going to be managing our distributors, but and vice versa, right? And not everyone else is going to be able to go down and run the still either. So, it's um, uh, but I kind of it's you're puppeteering mm-hmm. all the different positions, right? At the west side, we have our head chef that's on the line. We have our front of the house managers, uh, sous chefs. So, for that, for one person, you can you can be a puppeteer on all of it, but you can't do it all yourself. So. Yeah, and I think that that is my definition, you know, owner versus operator. There's so many articles, that, like we said in the past podcast, that you can read about, and everyone does kind of have like a little bit of a, a different skew on it. But mm-hmm. to me, if I'm literally selling ads only for the rest of my life, I'm missing where the business could actually go. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, that, and exactly, that's what you, you nailed it, right? Yeah. Like that to me is like I want to be that owner. You're still an operator. Like I don't, I don't envision myself ever being a – sitting in my you know on my back porch just drinking drinking right. uh, these whiskeys right. and like yeah oh, the team is doing yeah. great you know yeah. and watching my bank account go up you know uh, that's, that's what everyone <laughs> envisions you're doing they think you're doing that right you know oftentimes if you look at our instagram it looks like we're just in the lap of luxury but you know that's all work uh, at the end of the day but yeah that that is that is it right there like you're you're giving an opportunity also is the way i look at it to me it's like you're you're you've created your dream here in this dream place, which a mountainpreneur, yeah. right? Like right. that's what we all want to do. It's like I talked before. We're like we move here, we we start a business. My first business was like an apparel company here, sure. yeah. and I snowboarded every day and went out every night. Right. It's like, did I really want to run a business <laughs> right. at that time? No, not necessarily, right? So it's like you, you know you're actually making that dream happen, and not just yeah. for yourself. You, you're yeah. providing these positions for other people, and I, I noticed that right off the rip. You guys hired people as soon as you opened the tasting room yeah. in Vale Village. You didn't yeah. try to do it yourself. Yeah, you were still the face of the organization. You were still you know out there serving right. samples and right. you know at the very beginning but yeah. you didn't hesitate to to make the team around you and uh that to me is what it takes and it, i think at first i come from the lone wolf like you know it's like i gotta do this i gotta get it done mm-hmm. it, it, it all rests on my shoulders right. you know and what happens at the end of the 17 hour day is you're exhausted and you really didn't get that much accomplished right, right? Yeah. and that leads me back to the team member question was there like if you had to say you got to find this team member first, like for these mountainpreneurs out there that are starting a business, sure. Is there one thing you know? Maybe not the accountant or bookkeeper, because I, I, by the way, don't do all your own accounting. For <laughs> it's, you know, eventually it'll bite you in the ass. But uh, yeah, is there like one employee that's like, man, you guys should probably try to find this, no matter what your business is. That yeah, I know. think to your point, it's important to know how to do it all, and maybe you're not the best in your organization organization at doing each in particular activity uh, but you know how to do it all you can figure it out if that certain person gets hit by a bus right um, it's an old podcast too <laughs> yeah right or or and I'm very conscious of making sure there's a second person in line as well mm. just in case someone does get hit by a bus someone else can all right shit in COVID time someone might be out for two weeks tomorrow 
right? Yeah, yeah, quarantine. And or longer, and or longer, yeah. So um, it's important to make sure someone else is there to be able to step into that position. Uh, With our business model and how we're doing things, uh, the tasting room, I'm familiar with opening up restaurants and and bars and et cetera and kind of know that aspect of things. So originally I I had had planned to have a tasting room manager there full-time and a couple employees there. It's not a full-time restaurant, thank goodness. I mean, it it doesn't take that many employees to run the tasting room. It takes four or five of uh, of the team to be there. Uh, And so early on it was, yeah, we're going to have a tasting room manager that's overseeing this. I'm going to choose the POS system. I'm going to design 90% of the retail I'm going to figure out where to buy everything, retail-wise hats, T-shirts, glassware, et cetera. Uh, I've got the vision of the interior, but I'm going to have someone come in and run it that's passionate passionate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with the distillery itself, uh, although it's a much bigger place, it runs on even less people. Uh, Sean is our head distiller, been with us since day one. He, uh, when I was in a partnership, he was our key employee that we could lean on that kind of understood most of the aspects of the business, probably all the aspects of the business. And so I could lean, we could lean on him to, uh, offset a disagreement. Uh, and I came, I went to Sean before anyone knew what we were doing. I'm like, Hey, I know you're kind of looking for uh, a new position and I'm thinking about getting this distillery going. You interested? And he's like, hell yeah, it sounds great. And so, uh, early on I had planned cause I, I, I realized if my head's in the still all day, then I'm not going to be able to keep my, uh, hands on everything else. If I just wanted to be a distiller, I would go buy some farmland back in the mountains and hang out and distill. There's nothing wrong with that. It's it, honestly, at this point, I kind of, <laughs> kind of yeah. sounds nice. Wish I did that. <laughs> yeah. Just based solely on the fact that how much paperwork's involved with the tax and trade bureau. But, <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, and I knew I wasn't going to be out in the servicing, doing sales and distribution to the accounts. I knew early on we we're going to need a person with that. So uh, I had designed these uh, or started the company with these certain positions in mind super early on. And it was, it was it's in our business plan. So Yes, I think you nailed something we talk about a lot um, for the, the Mountain Panora. Again, you, you just jump in. And for me and my wife, because uh, that's who I run my business with, it was systems. You know, the uh, faster we made systems, the yeah. faster our business. Yeah, grew. and we made systems out of the gate. Yeah, and I think yeah. that was one thing we didn't do because it kind of like, oh, this business opportunity came up and yeah. sure, we can do that. And there's, you know, zero business plan. You just jump in. And a lot yeah. of people do it that way. But yeah. the faster you get to planning, putting this on paper, it, like, we, we did a team exercise today. It was all about vision, you know, vision mm-hmm. quest and, and not just for us, for them. Like as you know, yeah, a lot of our yeah, employees are really young. Like, where do they want to be in 10 years? Some of our employees are coming into retirement. Where do they want to be in 10 right. years, right? Yeah. So like that vision. Vision and and the talk from the uh, the the coach or who, who whatever sure. we call who hired we hired you know uh, was working backwards you know you set this goal mm-hmm. like you said I want to make whiskey right you set that goal out there and then like how do you chip away okay and then how do you chip away and, and, yeah, exactly. and each step backwards gets you to that plan or that system yeah and as you know you could say you know maybe Westside you didn't have all of those plans in place <laughs> completely <laughs> and Bobby, that's probably yeah. why you completely. had them in when you did the tenth right, right? Yeah, like, absolutely man yeah. you nailed it. And then in, in the same breath, though, with uh, uh, the signing company I, I referenced earlier on that I, I think it was seven, eight, I think it was eight, eight or nine years that I had that thing. And that was just me. And it was a business that was uh, not not very scalable, just the nature of it, mm-hmm. uh, to bring in multiple people. 
uh, as I was as I was running, I just want it was just myself. Towards the end, I, I had bring it, brought someone else in when I was out out of town on vacations or trips or whatever, and that lady ended up, is the one that ended up buying it, and she was perfect. God bless her, and she's still she she's running the business uh, to a T still. Um, I'm thrilled about that, but it was just me, and I didn't uh, I really didn't have any systems except when I started to. Uh, uh, market the business for sale, then I had to start getting some systems in place that I could market and pass along to the next person. Right, how to run it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but for seven, eight years there, uh, it was it was uh, just me running it and figuring it out. So some businesses can be, I think, run. Uh, it depends on the model, depends on the business, depends on the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be run uh, just yourself. But uh, for tenth in particular, I want it to be a national brand, and or for it to be a national brand, uh, I can't be doing the individual jobs here in town every day. Uh, and for what you have going on with the magazine, right, you understand that there's certain positions that uh, take a hell of a lot of effort and focus day in and day out. But in order to grow it, you can't be in those particular positions. All right. You talk, okay, I didn't know we we're going to have like 20 years of experience on the podcast, Bobby. Like I can pick <laughs> this guy's brain like forever Let's go. Um, I'm, I'm, talked, uh, all right. my evening's case, open I, I gotta fill up my glass <laughs> I know we do <laughs> question so you talked about routine like you have so much you could be doing every day yeah but let's like for a young entrepreneur you know like what's the one thing that you need to do every day to make sure your business is moving forward like how do you choose to do this over that how often you check email every day? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. do you meditate? What do you? Yeah, <laughs> like, sure, right. Yeah, what no is doubt. it? Like, yeah. I want to. I kind of want to just it's, know. I don't meditate in, uh, personally, but I've had some friends that have started at five, six, seven, ten years ago. I'm like, dude, it changed my life, and I'm like, fantastic. I don't do it personally, but um, I know there's certainly a lot, a lot of benefit there. One thing that I had to start doing when I started tenth, I guess, is uh, I, st- I, I keep a calendar on my phone now, and. It's hilarious. Steve, one of his partners on the West Side, his sole focus, his main focus is West Side and the motel and managing the finances and the and the uh, the books there. And we talk about something. He's like, "Hey, you want to meet tomorrow at nine fifteen? I'm like, "Yeah, I'll get my calendar out, put it in there." He goes, "Dude, it's three thirty in the afternoon. It's like fifteen. It's it's yeah, fifteen hours away. You're not going to remember that." I'm like. No, dude. <laughs> no, I got too much going on in my head, and I'm like, I'm not, I would not remember that. So when so I you go schedule to, everything. So I, yeah, if it's an important, if it's a, if I say I'm going to be somewhere at some time, I'm like, all right, nine fifteen, and in my mind, it's nine ten. You know, show up a little bit early, and um, and so I think that that keeps me on track, keeps me to having a productive day. Um, if you looked at my calendar day, it, it was scheduled from six a.m. until when we're done here. After this, I'm free. What's what, what's what's at six a.m.? What's at yeah? Like what's the first productive thing with the business that you like? Yeah, you need to make sure you do good or bad. I've got a home office, which is the bedroom next to mine, <laughs> to my actual bedroom, <laughs> and so I can wake up and be in there and be productive within ten minutes after once I wake up. Is that first thing email? Uh, this morning I made sure not to get on email because I had to. I still I manage. I still pay the bills and invoices for for tenth, mm-hmm. uh, and receive all the checks and all the money as well. So I manage the, basically the daily bookkeeping. I think. Uh, and Bobby, you, you mentioned earlier that I don't manage the uh, the monthly. I don't manage the taxes or the reconciliation right. or the quarterlies or the yearlies or the W twos or I don't manage. I don't. I oversee payroll, but then we have a payroll fulfillment company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. I, I write all the checks. Have my signature on it. 
Yeah. Um, I, I look at sales from our tasting rooms uh, every every morning. Uh, and so this morning I just had, and I was out of town uh, this past weekend. Excuse me. And and so I, I, had to, I had to come in and, and I just had to make sure bills were getting paid. So I wanted to uh, get those cut and drop them in the mail on my way out when I was leaving the house. Uh, so I was just sat there for an hour and 45 minutes before I did anything. And then quick shower. And then uh, I schedule phone meetings around windshield time. Is that sales? Uh, phone meetings, phone meetings can usually, it depends. Sometimes they're sales. Uh, this morning I had an 815 phone call with Alibaba. Yeah. You know, Alibaba is the, uh, like the Amazon. The yeah, exactly. Indian, right. Indian Amazon? Yeah. And they're branching into the U S and Holy crap. they're trying That's to get cool. spirits and I don't think it's going to be a fit, but I was like, all right, I'll take the phone call at 815 because I know I'm going to be get, uh, some windshield time for 15 minutes going into Minturn at 815. And so uh, schedule those phone calls. Sometimes, you know, more and more popular these days with Zoom calls and you have to be in front of a computer for a software presentation or whatever the case is. That's not going to work for in windshield times when you're in your car, right? That's Got it. what I'm referencing. Um, Love it. And so uh, and then I had another uh, – so I was in, then I had a couple of meetings in Mintern and then uh, 11.15, another windshield time going over the Taste from Vale Village. And then from uh, 12.15, a uh, longer phone call was scheduled. I was going down to Gypsum and that's uh, – 35-minute, 40-minute ride down to Gypsum. So Gypsum's where the uh, distillery is. So um, so I, I tried, and, and it's all on my calendar. And, and for a while there, I didn't realize that I was inputting stuff on my calendar where like uh, the, our tasting manager, Andy, could see it. And he's he, so he started watching, and he's like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> could you You're just crazy. take a breath, dude? He goes, uh, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that all my stuff was on. He's like, no, you're putting on like the, the, the business calendar the that calendar, we're sharing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my bad. I'll stop doing that. Yeah, but again, that's sometimes nice for your team to know how busy you actually are. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, as much yeah. as I, I think you have a great team around you, but that is the trouble sometimes. Like I, I did have a team member once when we were trying to get a magazine done from France on our honeymoon that, you know, totally definitely right. had resentment yeah. from that, you know, and that's that's – Sucks sometimes, yeah, but right. it does happen. So, you know, it's nice that your team sees that. And I, I am going to second that calendar thing. Um, yeah, it's been helpful. Oh, super yeah. helpful. I came from – when I came out here, I was on a non-compete from business, and I did payroll services, and I had you know, a long time in that industry, and I was, like, anti-everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to be the kid living in the mountains. I wasn't doing any of that yeah. stuff. And when we started our business, I was still bartending. I was still working mm-hmm. you know, multiple other jobs. and. I'm the yes guy too. I'd be like, oh, yeah, Thursday night, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, like, let's hang out. Yeah, yeah. And like, my wife would start getting pissed because yes we start, started having more and more conflicting appointments because yeah. I would try to book three or four different things, you know, the same night. Yeah. That's that's the motivation of starting using calendar. Like you start missing stuff. Yeah. I feel terrible if I uh, if I miss something. Then you start right. pissing your wife off or your buddy off. You're like, oh, sh- I double booked myself. In my mind now. Like, all right, I got to start keeping a calendar. And I, you know, I, as much as you know, maybe your whole team doesn't need to know what you're doing. Either your key man or your partner. Like Kim and I share a calendar, and there's multiple reasons because we also share a life. But mm-hmm. it's nice to know when it's a business. You know, I can see it in the calendar if we got something, or if I schedule something, she sees it in the calendar and knows. Okay, that's that can happen and we don't need to cross yeah. over each other's paths. So I think as a, you know, that's a good, maybe something that people can take away is if you do have a key partner or even if it's just yourself, keep that calendar. And I still have a written calendar. I don't put everything in it, but I still have the written yeah, calendar, right. my wow, daily really? planner. Oh yeah, I got, I got a daily planner, man. Oh yeah. Kirsty goes in a lot. I don't know how she does it. Well, when I started in business, we didn't have all this, like uh, right. smartphones yeah, just cool. came out. Right. So I had my calendar desk, like, you know, Dude, the big giant crazy. calendar. And then I had my planner. 
and then we got blackberries. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go back one. I'll go. I'll rewind one step further than oh, you, Bobby. God. Yeah. When we started the West Side, cell phones were just basically coming out. It was 2002, yep. and I'm like, I'm not getting a cell phone. I don't need a cell phone. I made it through college. I don't know, not a chance. Mike, my business partner, is like, dude, you're getting a cell phone. I'm like, damn it, all right, I'll get a cell phone. And now, you know, here we are now. You, you can't live without can't, Yeah, uh-uh. Yeah. It's, uh, you're connected. But, boy, if I ever got into a marriage, uh, there would be a marriage calendar. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be a very useful tool. Yeah, it keeps conflict it's, down. And also, you know, like you said, it keeps you uh, in integrity. I, yeah, I think right, that's a yeah. big deal. Is It's something we, we didn't talk about here, but you said – we started off with like you, we recommitted to something and that to me is integrity also. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we have that with our team. It's like, if you can't make a deadline or if, if your life, you know, COVID or whatever, if your yeah. life takes a turn, cause it can mm-hmm. in, a, in a drastic moment, please communicate with us. And integrity isn't always getting it done when you said it was going to get done as long as you recommit to it. And Amen. like, we have that yeah. open in our team. It's like, please yeah. just, if you can't do this, over communicate, yeah. set a new date. And get it done. Yep, exactly. And if if we can take a little segue on that, one of my pet peeves is when someone sets their own deadline and misses it and doesn't like say anything like, about I didn't it. Give you that like, deadline, uh, dude. You came up with a deadline yourself, and I just agreed with you. And then if they just ignore it, like, all right, stuff happens, and sometimes you're gonna have to push the deadline out for whatever length of time. We all understand that, but if you don't communicate it. Oh, that just that just sits. Ooh, I don't like that at all. <laughs> You're the second um, person that I absolutely look up to that said that. Uh, Scotty Stoughton is <laughs> yeah, another sure. person. Right, yeah, like absolutely. you know, he yeah, Scott, obviously his friends, whole yeah. life is taking yeah. a flip right now, and he's he's rolling yeah. with it. He's rolling out River Wondergrass, yeah. doing all sorts of right. great things. But he said that exact statement. He's like, look, if you set your own deadline, like I didn't ask for it. Yeah. You told me you were going to do it by then, like. Either get it done or tell me, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you need two more weeks. And but, you better go through you know, hell or high water to get it done. Right. Yeah. If you don't, like, I understand. <laughs> right. But, like, someone like him where it's like, oh, you're two weeks out of an event. Oh, yeah, I'll do your posters. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right, and they yeah. don't come on time. You're like, yeah. oh, geez. But, yeah, you're the second, uh, like I said. Yeah, uh, cool. I didn't know Scotty had that, that same, same line. Thing. Yeah, it cool. was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's integrity. Like you, I said, has yeah. Scotty been on this? Oh, no, not yet. Yeah, no, yeah. you're the he, first. You're the first. No. Okay, right on. Uh, he actually, but he's next. Totally said he wants so. to be on it. I really yeah. want to talk to him. No, he Scott. definitely wants to be on it. And I think it'd be nice to talk to him right now, too, because, you know, he's, Pay you've known him for probably even longer time. than I have, yeah. right? And that man, since I've known him, is always a mover and a shaker, and he's always rolling with the punches and changing when he needs to and, and you know, adapting to the yeah. situation. Talk about like something. I mean, he his whole livelihood was festivals. Yeah, exactly right. And yeah. very great, yeah. successful festivals, yeah, right? Like whole livelihood. Mm-hmm. He could have just you know curled up yeah. in a ball, and you know that man didn't yeah. do that. And like, look what he's doing and pivoting. And I hate that word right now, pivoting. <laughs> totally. But it's like oh, I'm over it. But he really is, and it's not like, and that's being an entrepreneur to me. Yeah. It's like like you said with yeah. your other business partners. You know when. Westside shit would hit the fan. Someone's got to get behind there and start making the eggs, right? Yep, exactly. Like it, it might have to be you yeah. today. And ah, oh, shit, I don't know how to make eggs. Well, you better learn real quick, yeah, you know, yeah, like right. because you're the business owner, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing as like what happens during a you know a global pandemic or what happens in 2009 when the whole you know the the whole disruption of the world again. And how do you how do you keep going forward? And that that to me is an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's not um, mm. it's not everybody who wants to take that on. Yeah, yeah, I, no, you're exactly right, Bobby. It's it's really shedding some light. Uh, for a long time, the word entrepreneurship was maybe shunned upon or maybe not looked as high upon over the last five or ten years. Now people want to no, put on their I'm a f- CEO of X Y Z on their social and for whatever reason. And yeah, now during the pandemic and 
tough times are a little tougher and and you got to be wartime general right now yeah. is what it comes down to and you got to you got to really love the fight i think um some businesses aren't getting affected and the other businesses are getting extremely affected like what you just mentioned with, with scotty's uh, festivals uh certainly if you're in the hospitality business and hotels and restaurants and bars and tasting rooms and, and uh, <laughs> um yeah it's uh, you got to roll the punches a little bit and you just uh it it's an opportunity if you look at it right. I like that. Don't don't uh, don't let a uh, a good crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. Because and with all due respect, there's a lot of challenges out there for sure, and people have lost significant others, and not not uh, um, trying to diss any of that. But all right, it's been, it's super tough, but there's some good lessons to be learned out of this six eight months plus that we're in right now. Um, and so don't I think I, I love that. Don't let a good crisis go to waste because there's a silver lining in it somehow, some way. So mm-hmm. can we? Okay, I've thought of like, th- okay, e-commerce right now. I just listened to another podcast talking about e-commerce is now 16 percent of all retail sales, mm-hmm. where it was just like 11 percent last year. Mm-hmm. Which is like you know astronomical numbers. These are like hundreds of right. billions of dollars, yeah. right? How do you? There's a part of me that like I hear that number. I'm like, I need to get into that. Like, sure. I need to do one more. Th- I need to. I need to do something else as well. <laughs> like one more thing, right? I want to like. I want to ask you about leaving the restaurant, starting your venture, and also like when are you taking on too many things? Yeah. Like how do you? Yeah. We're all on, we're all uh, sure. um, industry here. We're all service industry. Sure. How, like, how did you get? Out, how did you like? What was the spark to like get out of the restaurants? How, how did that? Pro- yeah. Like, what's that? <laughs> and own his own. And own his own. <laughs> right. Like, stay in restaurants, which is super unique. But like, how, yeah. How, what's the? What was the motivation to do that? And how do you know you're like taking on too much? Yeah. Uh, I'll answer this kind of from a backwards perspective. I've got another business in the back of my mind right now that's completely e-commerce based and super simple. But I'm scared, not scared. I just know I don't have enough time to focus on it right now and I can't touch it. I've made, I've I've trademarked the saying behind it uh, and the products behind it, but I haven't touched it. I've got the URL and that's as far as I've gone. And I'm hesitant to go any further because I'm passionate about what I'm doing with the distillery. Uh, the distillery, I've got my hands full with growing it into the different markets. Uh, but there's still something, and and the industry that it's in, my niece is 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 getting in. Uh, she's getting into her teen years and is very passionate about that same niche. And so I kind of want to just use it to teach her uh, about business. So that's kind of in the back of my mind. Um, but going from bartending at uh, Sweet Basil and Vale Village to starting the Westside Cafe, uh, it's a risk. It's uh, at the time, um, my told my dad is a successful attorney in Houston, and he's like, uh, all his buddies are like, you're not going to encourage Ryan to go into the restaurant business. It's hard, and that's stupid. He should go to law school and come work underneath you or with one of us. I'm like, no, that's stupid. I'm not passionate about that. I want to stay here in Colorado and ski and follow my own path. And my dad's like, 
you do you. You got this. Cool. You encourage awesome. it at 100%. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that makes it easier when you have the support. And my mom was the same way, the support of your parents behind you. Uh, but I just knew I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. I was I, um, selling garbage pail kids in elementary school. And you guys probably don't know what that is, but it's like a, and, no, sell, and, selling, and selling baseball cards. And, yeah. and uh, I was the candy man in junior high school. My locker was full of candy and I was selling candy. And, <laughs> and then I, was, I had the golf ball business and going and diving for golf balls and selling them back to the golfers. And, uh, and then- uh, Yeah, those uh, kids are great. You know, so I, that was the start of, of it. And so it's just kind of entrepreneurship. My brother works for himself. My sister does as well. My mom and dad I had always. And so it's just kind of always been ingrained. Um, like it, love it or leave it uh, in us in me and so when i moved up here i was gonna be like all right i'm gonna bartend for a couple years and see what happens uh i didn't think i was gonna be a career bartender there i've got friends in that business and, and god bless them they've got more patience than i do <laughs> yep. um but i was was thinking i was like i'm gonna work for myself somewhere somehow um i didn't know exactly how that was gonna look and then the restaurant opportunity came up um actually mike and i had mike worked at sweet basil as well with me and we had talked about it about a year and a half for about a year and a half this location is uh, it's a great location, but not doing so great. Man, it'd be cool if it ever come up, came up for sale. Mm. We talked about it and talked uh, about it and talked about it. And then all of a sudden, one day, Mike comes in and goes, you know what's for sale? I'm like, oh, wow. boy, here we go, huh? He goes, yeah. Cool. I'm like, all right, we've got we to put up or shut up. Okay, and cool. uh, and I mean, that's, uh, that's another long story how we ended up buying it. We bought it um, uh, pretty strategically, I guess you could say. Uh and uh, and then it just one thing went from there. Uh, and the restaurant business is great, and we still you know still have my thumb on that. I'm not in, at the West Side on a daily basis. I have to go in uh, go in there and fill in on occasion if a manager's out of town or business partner's out of town for whatever reason. Um, but I'm not in there on a daily basis at this point. Uh, after the first 15 years being in there uh, um, daily, I kind of lost the passion for it. Got it. Um, it. Ended up taking over this uh, employee housing unit in Minturn. And Mike and Steven were like, hey, why don't you go manage that? And you can run 10th. Uh, you can do whatever you want with 10th as long as, you know, you keep the room occupancy at a certain point. Like, great. And so I, when I'm at the employee housing unit, I can manage the, the uh, housing and then also keep my eye on 10th. And then I can focus on 10th when I need to. Uh, and so that's a, it's a great, uh, some understanding business partners with Mike and Steve in regards to that. Uh, but then with, with uh, starting 10th, I was burned out of the closing company that I had. I had added online, lightly marketed it for sale for about a year and a half or two years. Got some nibbles here and there and some lowball offers. Like, no, 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 not going to do it. And then finally this, this uh, gal um, stepped up and it's, it was perfect. And uh, she actually made me a legitimate offer and accepted that. And then I was like, all right, let's go full time into the distilling thing and let's take a, a good hard look at it. Cool. Uh, home so, brewed and, yeah. So it's so it's passion. Yeah, it's like man. so like your like flip to like okay, leave so, the bar. Yeah, was yeah. okay. I'm I'm passionate about whiskey. I'm passionate passionate about this. Yeah, and and here's the opportunity. The money's here. The the space is here. Whatever. It's starting the right. restaurant was the right opportunity. Okay, yeah, well, let's talk right about, up, right let's talk about the restaurant, not yeah. tenth, but like let's talk about the restaurant of you getting out of. Yeah, and I had bartended for four room. years around town. And um, had a great time doing that and skied the 70, 80, 90 days a season. 
which is it's fantastic. But I was ready for something else and then yeah. uh, something a little bit more serious. And the restaurant opportunity came up and um, it was a good business opportunity to do something for myself. And it's something I, I thought I knew a little bit about. Boy, you learn a lot more when it's on your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, From a bartender's perspective. That's and, and my business partner, Mike, is is 13 years older than I am. And he was uh, the manager at Sweet Basil and had a lot more years in the business. And well, he thought he knew everything too, and he'll he'll be sitting right here next to me. He's like, man, we learned a lot those first couple of years. <laughs> we still learn a lot, but yeah. Um, I don't it, know. I think was, you brought up you kind of nail what I I like about life. Like we, everyone right now wants to own their own business because yeah. of the state that we're in, right? Not everyone should own their own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everyone has the risk. Ability, mm-hmm. you know, the ability to take that much risk because it is a giant risk. Yeah. Like, I have right now, you know, I don't like saying it, I have no health benefits. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, all of my income is totally on myself. You right. know, if I don't sell something, I don't get paid, right? That's right. the reality of it. So, that risk, uh, that, that, that threshold for risk is has to be there to me if you're, you're, you want to be your own business owner. But it's also, like you said, Nick, the, the passion side of it, like, yeah. you can't just do something that you're not passionate about and expect that you're going to succeed. My, my niece is 19. She turned 19 today. Right, yeah. um, dating myself now. But she was talking about like multi-level marketing to me mm-hmm. not too long ago. And I was just like, look, I don't disagree with it. Mm-hmm. I've never found one that I'm so excited that I would go out there and, and invest mm-hmm. in, right, myself. Because I, I, I can find another business or something that I can put just as much time into. But I also have some friends that have done that route of multi-level yeah. marketing. And they're mm. doing a lot less work than I'm currently doing, you know, and <laughs> right. they were really good at it. They were really passionate about it. And that was what I told my niece is like, I don't disagree with it. But if, if you're not behind that product that you're selling on a multi-level marketing business, you're never going to get to that yeah, emerald, whatever the emerald right, sure. ruby, right. the status is, right. You're never going to get there. And like, I, I often talk about even like as an employee, you have employees, certain people are really good employees. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be an owner. They, they don't they, want that They can that make owner. a great number two, number three. Yeah, Absolutely. Like yeah. The two, or th- the two mm-hmm. people, the, there's two. My whole team is integral to, to our success. But there's two young ladies that are just like diving in headfirst and taking on ownership. And I don't necessarily know if they would ever want to own their own right. business, right. but they crush running one. Yeah, absolutely. Like they could totally run one, but yeah. maybe that's their forte. And that's okay. Like not everyone needs to take on the burden of being the entrepreneur. It's when you're dating someone and then you get married, it changes the energy. When you're working for a company and then own the company, it changes the energy as well. Right. It's kind of interesting. And for good or bad or whatever, we all know those stories about someone dating someone for 15 years, they get married, they're divorced within a year. Right. It's or you can go work for a company and be that great number two, number three employee. And then the minute you step away and maybe start your own, you're like, oh, no, this isn't for me. Uh-uh. Right. And, yeah, it's risky doing it uh, yourself and your paycheck relies on you. But is it more risky going to do it for somebody else? I've always – no. I mean, yeah. you could be fired That's, tomorrow. You got you to gotta think about that aspect as Majority well. Majority of the on jobs. Who depending on who, who your boss is or who yeah. the owner is, it's, it maybe is more risky to go do it for somebody else. Yeah, majority of the jobs that I had in the professional world probably wouldn't be there today. Yeah, right. Yeah. But reality, yeah. you know, like – so promise tomorrow, you know, that yeah, stability right. of that constant paycheck right, exactly. and that health and benefit and all that stability. Like mm-hmm. it's not necessarily for me, I don't feel like it's promised unless I, I own it. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I love to do. Yeah. I want to, I want to be responsible, not just for my future, but the team, the, the people that, uh, you know, the advertisers, the, the journalists, the reader, I want to be there in support of them. And I, I like that burden. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I like Absolutely. if there's something misspelled or it, our team did something wrong. You know, I, I enjoy that. Yeah. You know, it lights me up to to 
you said that put on your general pants, right? Like, yeah, exactly. We're about to yeah. fight a war. Let's let's yeah, do this. Exactly. You know, let's figure it out. Yeah. And without being aggressive, it's a great way to fight a war constantly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You know? And back to the passion comment as well. With with tenth in particular, it is uh, it's driven by passion. Uh, cool. it, there's ten full time uh, employees and a couple part timers, and each one is extremely passionate about what we're doing. Passionate about distilling, passionate about the military, passionate about being basically a concierge to veil at the tasting room. We call it it's a goldfish bowl uh, because there's windows. It's right at the, uh, when you're walking into Vail Village. Right. It's people uh, coming in right on in vacation, it. and then people uh, and our guys get stoked about saying, "All right, tonight this is happening. This is happening." Or yeah, go you got to go check out this while you're here. So uh, it's passionate about um, just a cool brand. It's uh, you, you have to have that passion there for sure. It's it, it gets it keeps me going. Um, there and it's passion uh, passion about the military with our brain in particular. Boy, there's uh, guys and gals out there that have had a lot tougher days than we've had. And our tough mm-hmm. days don't hold the candle to their tough days. So um, I always pass that on to the guy. Like, yeah, That's all right, your day might be sucking right now and it might be tough, but remember when you met J.P. Lane, who got blown up by a hummer over in afghanistan back and and go go down that lane that story with jp it's um boy that puts it in perspective so what so, so what would you tell a uh an, uh, a kid in the in restaurants right now in vale and they're thinking they're sick and tired of chefing or bartending or whatever what would i mean what would you tell them if they wanted to start their own thing or wanted to get out of their situation. Not even that they want to start their own thing, they just want to get out of like their situation right now. I'm extremely supportive of entrepreneurship and of, of working for yourself. I've, I even support uh, people that have worked with us. Uh, they're like, hey, Ryan, I got an idea. And I kind of want to do this. And can I get your ear on it? And sometimes they're a little hesitant to come up and ask. I'm like, dude, let's talk about it. That sounds awesome. Let's figure out how you can do this. I'm like, but I'm not going to work here anymore. I'm like, no, that's cool. That's great. That's fine. You've, That's you know, cool. I don't didn't think you're going to be 80 here working. Time's going to come when you're going to when you're going to move on. Um, and I'm extremely supportive of it. Uh, and so from if, if there's a, a restaurant employee out there, that it's front of the house, back of the house, whatever. Uh, first, I'm extremely support. Uh, I encourage it. Two, I think mm-hmm. you have to be realistic about it. Overnight success stories happen. After five, 10, 15 years. They don't happen overnight. You hear about them overnight, but all right, so and so on social media is is flexing, and they got you know their Lambos and stuff, and they're a YouTuber, and they're making X Y Z money, and they started nine months ago. All right, I got to call bullshit on that. Yeah. So have have uh, right. be realistic. I think in your goals, uh, it's going to take some time. Um, start meeting the right people. Mm-hmm. Start. Uh, I just uh, we we had a a, a 32 year old guy named Brian from Glenwood Springs reach out to me three or four weeks ago now four weeks ago maybe hey you got any positions at the distillery you know I bartend in Aspen I bartend in Glenwood Springs I just I'm passionate about uh, spirits Uh, I want to learn more I might want to get into the business I don't know I kind of want to just dip my toe in the water I'm like dude this is a great time it's going into the holiday season we need help bottling he goes perfect I'm your dude I'm like dude we're we're paying 15 bucks an hour I don't care. Great, I'm gonna get paid for it, dude. I'm in. All right, dude, come on. You start tomorrow, basically. Now, as I come down to the story, let's chat. We had a good conversation for a year, uh, hour and a half. Um, he was into it, and I was into it. As he's helpful for us, we're helpful for him. He's learning a lot, being at the distillery two or three days a week, bottling. Uh, so he just reached out and 
blindly went on our on our website and sent us an email. Uh, and all those emails coming to me in particular, I think that might be a little un, unusual maybe, but right. um, I see those emails, I reply to them like, yeah, it's pretty good timing, dude. So you never know. I start DMing people on social. I like that. So, like, like reach out. It, it, it's again with our team today i'll go back to it uh, the, the leader was talking about the you know that that goal or that thing you want to do that makes you almost sweat makes you really nervous right oh, and how yeah, much you did you to, appreciate yeah. that kid reaching out to yeah you? yeah exactly like when Absolutely. someone reaches out to us like it's not we get reached out to all the time but mm-hmm. when like that uh, like that authentic reaching out you can see it you can tell yeah, yeah. you don't even know why you need to meet yeah. this person and you meet them and like a lot of those have turned into employees a lot of those have turned into acquaintances you know they, they don't whatever it is but as a, a, a we try to teach our team this is too is like you're pitching to editors mm-hmm. you got how, mm-hmm. how do you do that well like how do you make it stand out are you actually giving a shit or are you just going through the motions you're asking someone for an ad sale it's like asking to get married in the first date right. like how are you like actually like are you paying attention to their business did right. you see that you know in fall it looks like they might have like a little bit of a lull how can we help right. them maybe there's a new you know like are you actually caring about that and like that is the side of it to me that's you got to get out of your own comfort zone, but it, like, even if you want to be the best employee, or if you want to be an entrepreneur, whatever it is, that that gut wrenching thing, you have to be willing to ask. That was one of the best benefits of working at Sweet Basil. Uh, for those those that don't know, it's a, a fine dining restaurant, Vale Village, and there's a lot of affluent people that sit at the bar there. And I was bartending, and I would have these conversations, and maybe once a month, maybe twice a month. Hey, can I take you out to lunch? Mm. It's on me. You know, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to make sure. But I'm taking out this dude that just sold the company for X amount of millions of dollars, maybe more than that. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I'm going to reach out. And I don't, I'm going to learn something from him. But I'm a lifelong learner in that aspect. And I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm like, holy shit, this guy just sold this company for $140 million. And I'm going to go take him to lunch. I can't wait. I'm nervous, but I can't wait. Right. Um, and then he says, yeah, hey, man, I want to, yeah, I'll go have lunch. And so... To that, the, the the restaurant employee, it's it's if you're if you're back of the house, there's a a, a great uh, product called the stabilizer, and it's a it's a bowl that suctions to the table, and when you're mixing it, doesn't move around, and it came out as an invention that came came out in like 2010 or something, and I saw Mike and I were sitting there flipping through like uh, Cisco catalog, we're like holy shit, the stabilizer. And like a cook came up with that idea. I'm like, it's freaking brilliant. It's crushing it. Right? And so I don't, so it's just a matter of taking that chance and I'm sure there's some fine, there's some cost behind getting it trademarked and copyright and the whole deal and, and the prototype and the actual manufacturing and sure going through the lifestyle cycle of the product. But um, if it's the right idea and if you start talking and building your network, then someone's going to be like, Dude, I got a hundred grand to get that thing off, off, uh, you know, get that thing launched. So, um, so I think uh, it's just important to start building your network, start talking about your idea. If you're gonna, if you're afraid about hurting your bosses or your owners' feelings, then screw them anyways. And all you're the more the reason, job. all the more reason to do it twice as fast. I there think. You go. <laughs> no. But I mean, th- this is the concept, right? It's like, um, like you, you, you talked about those, those people at the bar as surprisingly were willing to talk to you. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I, I, I did business in Boston for years and I networked only. Yeah. My boss thought I was animal. He, he thought I was crazy. How do, how do I sleep at night? He was what he was telling me. What do you, I was like, what are you talking about? You just go out there and you network for a living and you expect people to buy from you. 
And I said, so what do you do? You make 100 phone calls a day and you send 50 emails and you expect people to buy from mm-hmm. you. I don't know how the hell you sleep at night. I know their kids. I know what they do for a living. I, I enjoy right, yeah, them. Right, I, yeah, we've, right. we've spent holidays together. Right. We've gotten to know each other. You know. And I also, um, I'm, I'm reading something new right now, the Challenger sale. Okay. And they talk about like... Um, Every salesperson and every sale, like every owner of the business, wants that salesman who creates the relationship, right? And that's what I've always prided mm-hmm. myself on. And there's like I get five categories of salespeople. I won't go into all of them, but they said the the, the first to fail and the always to fail is the relationships guy. Yeah, no kidding, right? Which yeah, I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really interesting, right? Because like here I am priding myself on building these relationships. And those relationships are amazing. Like those people did buy from mm-hmm. me and stuff. But what they were were my voice. They were the voice for me to go out. Like they would tell, you know, they'd meet you and I did payroll. But Ryan, well, who does your payroll? Oh, man, ADP. You should talk to Bobby. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and that was really the relationship they built for me. But I thought it was interesting because like that that salesperson, the relationships guy, and again, I, I don't consider myself the sales manager forever. Like I, that's not my pride and joy. You know, there's going to be someone who steps up that crushes it and that, right. that, that they are the challenger salesperson. But I'm the relationship guy here thinking that's like the best thing possible. <laughs> right. But I also look back at my track record and even this round of like magazine sales, uh, you know, advertising sales, the people that I've built the most relationships with are the ones that typically currently don't respond back via email. You've mm-hmm. always done that, which is freaking amazing. Um, or they're the ones that they, they just, it's they kind of drag it along. Like, mm-hmm. oh, next issue. Oh no, oh, no, this came up, next issue. Where if I was being the challenger sale or training my team to be the challenger sale person, right? Like that would be a little different, but I, I don't know right. where I was going with it. I just thought it was kind of like an interesting uh, lead into, you know, the, the mindset of everything you can look into and you can dive into it and you have your own thoughts. Like you said, I thought I knew what sales was. And you were talking, we were talking about the, like the, the guy that says yes for me to take him to launch and right. There right you go. And, then you, yep. and you were in Boston and doing so. So yeah, you bring it back to being able to ask the question, right? Oh yeah. yeah. The networking people. Like I literally found myself with people that have been in business in Boston for 40 plus years, 50 plus years. And I would go out to lunch. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are you guys doing tomorrow? Oh, you're going on the boat. Can I come? Right. Oh, you're going golfing? Hey, yeah. do you mind if I come? Yeah. And I remember at one point one of my buddies being like, you're 25 years old. Why Why are you hanging out with totally. us? Totally. Yeah, exactly. Why right? the hell yeah, are absolutely. you hanging out with us? And I yeah. looked at him and I said, all my other buddies are sitting in their desks right now. <laughs> you know, and I, that's, yeah. that was the honest answer. I was yeah. like, we're on a boat in Quincy Harbor. Like, yeah. Having a beer right now and, and, and doing business. They're, you know, they're yeah. like, right. dude, this 25-year-old wants to hang out with us. This is cool. Right. All right, sweet. Right. And Let's the knowledge this. that they imparted yeah. on me, having cocktails, having yeah. beers, having hanging out, being real, the relationship guy yeah. that doesn't necessarily get you sales, but it gets you that relationship. Yeah. Like for me, I don't want to be a salesman the rest of my life. I'm always going to be, but you know what I mean? I want to sure. be the business runner. And that guy at that launch gave you knowledge that yeah. college couldn't pay for yeah, and years of man. you being in business. Absolutely, he saved you x amount of failure. Don't get me started on that college road, man. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now, I mean, uh, it's a, it's an antiquated model, I think. But I mean, I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning, uh, and I did my four years in college. It's kind of like I did my four years in prison, but uh, right. It, uh, but I was uh, done with it as quick as I can, and I love learning and and, and passionate about reading, and uh, but. The the whole college business model it should business. Yeah, what take it? Oh, exactly right. Yeah, it so, needs a second look. So what? Yeah, like I, I'm sure I can answer this for you. But what is the one trait you would say someone needs to learn to be an entrepreneur? I don't know if it's a learned trait or not. I think it's. Uh, 
I was going to say it. Being a lifelong learner has oh, certainly helped me. It's uh, huge. My bookshelf is is filled, and I've got stacks of books on. I still read hardbacks and, and paperbacks. I'm not a Kindle reader yet. I still like flipping pages, uh, and so I have a stack of ten books that are uh, next in line to read. And I'll read five business books and then take a break and read one like random story. I read 438 Days at Sea recently, and it's about a guy that. Uh, got washed to sea from the Mexican Pacific side and ended up over in Thailand somewhere, you know, well, after 438 days at sea and how he survived it. So um, my brain will go there and then I'm like, all right, back to business for five books or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And, but I have a stack of books that's, that's um, I'm, I'm reading. Uh, and so I, it's, it's, uh, it's a lifelong learner. It's, it's, yeah. I don't know if it's a learned ability or, but, uh, but yeah. the sad, the sad, uh, uh, the sad statistics that that is out there is most people don't read a book after high school. That's whoa. Something right is it like the general population doesn't open a book and or complete it after high school, which you know. Yeah, but it's also. So I open like, a lot of books. I don't complete them. Yeah. I open a lot of books though. See, I'm I'm the opposite. <laughs> if I open it, like if even if it sucks, I have to complete it for some weird oh. reason in my mind. I don't know why. I've yeah, rarely... I like that with movies. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh. No, but you just brought up a point, Nick. But that's that like I, two hours. Like. I think I wanted to. T- you you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, like oh, but maybe I want to dabble into this online thing, right? And right, maybe right, I want yeah, to do this, and like, um, you know, you got to be focused, right? Like. I, that was the same guy that I would spend the time on the boat with. I always had these ideas and multiple ideas and multiple ideas. And, and like, I, I don't necessarily only follow his advice because his advice is like, you can't, you only need to own one business. I, I, I own one business and that's it. And that's all you should focus on because. Well, that's I, worked for him. Correct. Correct. So yeah. that's where we kind of, you know, differentiate yeah. a little bit. Cause I have multiple different sources yeah. of revenue and they're going to cross. And they, I, I like that and I enjoy that. And, and you know, Scotty Stoughton, he, mm-hmm. he invests in other people. And I mm-hmm. believe in that, like there's other opportunity out there, but I do think like coming back to not completing the book is just like, it also comes back to like, you, you know, I've known you for a while and I can say this to you, like you, you, you dive into one thing and then you're yep. like, ah, this one's nice yep. and shiny. And yep. ah, I want to try shiny that ball, one out. And shiny ball syndrome. Ooh, this for one, sure. this one looks really good. And I want to try that one oh, out. I and it's it. kind of like the same syndrome. thing. Like, I never used to finish a book and I used to have that shiny ball syndrome and I still do. I have ADD like a, a mofo, like right. my, my attention. I can barely finish my coherent thoughts. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I kind of made that a responsibility, I started finishing books and I would have to say, uh, as soon as I, now I start finishing every book, like you said, I crack it open. I read mm-hmm. it. If it's a bad book, I still read it. I'm, I don't think this is a bad book. It's called the overstory. It's actually like a Nobel prize winner. It's the current book I'm reading, but it's taking me like a year mm-hmm. because it's not my book. But I have to finish it, right? Mm. Like I gotta finish yeah. it because it, like I started it, and like before I would never finish it, even as a kid. Like I can remember like the book, the the mouse on the boat. I don't even remember the, the guy Feifel. There we go. Oh, Feifel, um, yeah. And I could never, I could never finish a book. I would always start it, and like as soon as I started committing to like finishing a book, it was just like I actually started committing to choices in my life too that that brought me to where I am now. You know, and I, I committed to leaving the bar, or committed to like taking those risks, and I, I'm mm. not saying you know, committing to finishing a book is going to change your life, but it is a reflection of a habit, yeah. right? A habit that might continue to happen and show up in other places. And if you can change a habit one place, it, for me, it, it bleeds into other places subconsciously. And I don't know if it was just finishing books. I'm sure other shit was going on in my life that I was accomplishing or something was happening. But at that same kind of moment uh, that I started choosing to finish books, other things started lining up. Let me, I got a couple thoughts here. Yeah. Uh, 
the majority of books I read are business books, and I've always been passionate about business since I was a kid. And so I think it's easy for me to finish them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, if you're reading a book here and not knocking it, tossing another book, another book, another book, and you're going through different subjects, business or not, or and you're just kind of experiencing it, you're like, hell, what do I like? I don't know. Let me just mm-hmm. let me see if I like that. Let me dig into a chapter or two. No, that sucks. That ain't going to work. Um, I think that's okay as well. Uh, you're just tasting different things, and they're like, all right. Shit, if that tastes good, I'm gonna eat it the whole thing, right? I'm gonna, I'll right. dig into that. Mm. Um, for me, I, I just buy business books, and that's pretty much what I read. I know I'm gonna like it. Uh, and if the biz, if the book is maybe not up to speed, then I, I might, I'll finish it, but I'll finish it maybe a little bit quicker and won't right. pay as much attention to uh, to it as I should. Um, and some books, I'll sit there and literally take notes. And 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 yeah. almost every business book, I'll I'll underline, I'll earmark, I'll highlight some way, star, and then at the end of the book, I'll go through it and um, pass through it one more time in an hour and just look at all the underlying things, and that then that's when it really sticks with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with right. reading a couple chapters and tossing it if it's not if it's not yeah. your bag. So well, especially well, right. you only have so much time to give. To you. Yeah, <laughs> man, well, absolutely. I do want to know what you would tell me. Because I have shiny ball syndrome for sure, and I still do. And That's like, fine. So yeah. I think it's fine. Well, this right, takes you to right, places. right. Yeah. But like, so this video production that I'm in right now, mm-hmm. like, this is by far the most like, committed. passionate, committed I've mm-hmm. been about something, which is great. But I still get it. Like what I today, like I'm thinking, like, wow, I could start selling this. That'd be so much easier. I can make this much a month. A month, like, oh my god, I could like have this type of lifestyle. Blah 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 blah. Like. Is that's so dangerous, though? I think too. There, there are there are people out there in that that are in that business with that lifestyle is what they portray. What's mm-hmm. going on on the backsides? Maybe something different until you get to know them. You're not going to know exactly. And if it's uh, I don't know a name yeah. of an influencer on the East Coast, but if it's so and so on these, you're not, you're not going to get to know them. Or if it's there's someone over in Dubai or whatever that's flexing every time they get get a chance on social. There's probably more to it to the story than they're alluding to. Right. I guarantee there's more to it. Um, yeah. But I don't think there's anything wrong with with uh, how old are you? Tw- uh, I was about to say twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight we just got to go. Wow. Yeah. I know, I've been asked that for a while. Uh, Thirty one. Thirty one. Thirty one now. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, so Girl boy. so you're a third of the way through your life. Yep. I'm maybe halfway of the way. Bobby, you know, how old are you? I'm, Almost forty now. Yeah, I'm oh, forty four. So. Um, Bobby and I maybe are halfway through our life. Um, more as things are going, maybe we're a quarter of the way. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Or may and maybe you know we get hit by a bus tomorrow, but unlikely. Right. Um, but it's uh, there. You got you got time. I think is what it comes down to. If you're interested in, in doing an online T-shirt company and or and go Whatever for it, it if you want to do production, give it a shot. If you start procrastinating. Then you know it's not for you. You only procrastinate because it's something you're not interested in. Mm. Correct. If you're if you're passionate about something, you're going to wake up. I woke up at six o'clock. Started working on a whiskey company. Um, if it's something you're passionate about, then you're like, all right, let's get at it. Let's go. Let's go. Fifteen hours of hard in the paint today. Uh, but if it's something that's not you're not passionate about, you're like, all right, maybe I'll get to it tomorrow. Maybe I'll read that book about that subject tomorrow. Then it's something in like going on all in your right. brain that. All right, maybe I shouldn't go down that road. So I, I can go on and and taste and step your toe in, in the water and all these different areas and see I, if each if each area yeah. is you need to raise a million bucks and that's a different story. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And I think too, like that's a different story. It's like so. <laughs> you don't always have to think of this would be better than that. Yeah, right? That's like, not a binary. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's where I get. Yeah, that's where I like, get stuck. It's like, no, oh, it's, I can have this lifestyle with that. Right. No, and like, no, or, or like, no, like this job like is only making me this. I really like working for myself. I like capture the action. I love doing video, but I really want to make this much money. Like, you're gonna switch your yeah. career to make X amount of money. And again, you don't see on the backside of all of those careers is there's 10, 15, 20 years behind the success story before they were successful. Again, well, I'll bring up Scotty, yeah. right? Like yeah. you see how many ventures well, did you, that man have before a successful one hit? Well, I think you keep right? on bringing up Scotty as well. I'll point this out. Um, and I think I can speak on Scotty's behalf of this with this particular. So he's happy playing music. He's happy putting it on festivals. Yep. Enjoys and it. the money comes after that. I, don't, I have no idea what he makes or what's going on in his, his financial life. But, I boy, when he's on stage, he's got the biggest smile in the world. And it, he vibes. Mm-hmm. Fucking puts a smile on everyone's faces watching him. So, yep. And I'll point that back at you. And it's like, what makes you happy? Or, yeah, everyone wants a lifestyle. Right. Yeah, I and don't I've want got, to work. I've I want to be rich. But. I've got, yeah. <laughs> i got buddies that uh, basically uh, uh, define the Internet lifestyle. And they'll go on trips to wherever, but then half the time they're on the trip, they're behind their laptop that people don't see. Right. Like, it's great. I can go anywhere in the world and work, but I can go any world and work. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of a catch-22 when you think yeah, about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm over in, in Never Never Land, but I'm still internet connected, and I still got to put in my hours. And, yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll take this selfie with the waves behind me. Yeah. Yeah, there's and, pros and cons to all and, of it. Yeah, right? that's you a know? great yeah. point. Like, because again, the guys, I, I do reference our our team and and what we do a lot of times through the lens of social media. It looks really glorious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like totally, and it is. Like I, I'm not trying to downplay. Like this. yeah, it's, it, but sure. it's yep. it's like you said about you making whiskey, Scotty playing on the stage. You know, maybe Nick shooting some video. Like. I'm smiling while I'm doing it, but I'm still working while I'm doing it. So yeah. like, yeah, I might be out riding a horse and you know, piney lake and taking a yeah, picture, right. and it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But I'm there for work, yeah. actually. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it and it, it's work at the end of the day, and it it does you know, there's always something behind the lens. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I've never there's, there's not. I, I Seth Godin is a guy I follow. Yeah, if, sure. if you guys don't yeah, follow sure. Seth Godin, really, really Seth great Godin? business. Yeah, Seth Godin, yeah. G O D I N, amazing individual. Come to find out, Connie from Village Bagels, dad is best friends with Seth Godin. Oh, no kidding. Maybe, I didn't know that. maybe we can get Seth Godin here someday. If you do, you better invite me oh, back. Dude, I would love it. Love <laughs> it, love it, love it. Love it. But, I know um, Connie and I follow Seth. So. Yeah, right? Like, I, but anybody I mentioned that to, like any business, because most business people do sure. around here follow yeah, Seth. Like, sure. for some, and they're like, yeah. Seth Godin. Yeah, like I get lit up. Kim's <laughs> taking a course from him right now. Sweet. But he has a, a saying a lot of times like, there's not very many typhoons. Mm-hmm. And, and like, really, like the tidal wave, that, right. that business. Tom's shoes, like, you know, he happened to go on Oprah five weeks after starting. Great. Like that is not the typical business Mm -hmm. path. Right. And he's his constant. And he, he and I were in the same times. business school, but we didn't know each other. Ah, see, Just, I don't care. Crazy, you know, that's it's a so claim funny. to fame right there. Like <laughs> Seth Godin, really. Yeah. But, but he's in the same like, business school at the same time, which is crazy. The yeah. knowledge that he portray imparts on us, and it's like the drip is what he calls it—the mm. drip, the drip, the drip. Right? If there was a drip in this room um, from a pipe above us, this carpet would be soaked eventually. Right. And that's kind of like business, right? Like to me, it's like if it lights you up and you, 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 you got to look at it as a financial thing too. Like, am I going to be able to make a living off of this? But if it lights you up and you're able to make a living off of it, the, the constant drip that you put into it will, will eventually yeah, flood takes, the carpet. Yeah. It takes time though. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It takes tons of time. And with social these days, people think it, it takes days, oh, yeah. weeks, maybe months. 
I made three posts and I only got three or four likes on each post. I didn't get a million likes yet. You know what? It's going to take some time. (laughs) You got to keep at it. And so it's got to be something you're passionate about and you got to have patience with it. Yeah. Our team, um, again, amazing team. They put together a gratitude month um, for social. Mm -hmm. And I can't even figure out how to take the picture. I'm terrible with it. Uh, But we asked how it was going. And, you know, I kind of felt that like they're happy, but I felt that like esteem kind of like out of it when they said, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you know, a few people are participating. Right, sure. And I've done events. You've done events. You've done multiple things. I'm a yoga teacher. I've done all sorts of things. I've had a class with one person. I've had a class with 40 people. Yeah, right, you know? right, and right, like right. I've had the 400-person class, right? And the ego is so lit up at the 400-person class. And sometimes at the beginning of it, that one-person class, like the ego is destroyed, right? For me, it was at mm-hmm. least. And I felt that from the team. And again, one of the seminars that I've done one time was it, it's easy to, to be in the stands. Like, it's super easy to be, you know, the, the spectator, right? Like, you go to a sports game, you know, any sports game that we can go to in the future, mm-hmm. and you're in the stands, and where does the heckling come right. from? Right, right, right. That comes from the people in the stands, right? I'd rather be in the game. Yeah. And even if Absolutely. the game is just yeah. me and you playing the game, right? Like, it's and great. I had to teach myself this because, you know, running the nonprofit, uh, running, you know, my yoga classes, running some events at the beginning of Yoga and Life magazine where Scotty played, and then mm-hmm. we had one the very beginning was like 200 plus, four people filling a place jamming and then we had 10 people at the next one and it was just like for my mental stability mm-hmm. i had to like talk to myself because i'm the one even at the 400 event like what could we have done better what could we have sure. do to improve this event was it was it from the guest experience could we make it even you know a finer experience how could we do this but that's also a negative you didn't celebrate a success and mm-hmm. when i started having those small events it was like celebrating just playing the game yeah. and reminding myself that I'm putting it out there. Like one of the last big heart, big hands events was super tiny. It was a snowstorm at the day of it. Like the general populace that normally comes, couldn't even make it. And like, I'm kind of immediately went dark. And then for a second, I just had to remind myself that like, I'm at least putting this information out there. Yeah, absolutely, mm. man. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and someone, it's like this podcast. And it's like, you think people are going to listen? I'm like, we'll get, we'll get one listener. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We'll get one. <laughs> like, like you will, like someone, someone, someone wants to listen to something you have to say no matter who you are, you have yeah. a voice. And if you have something you're passionate about, you have something you want to share with the world, you got to share it. We go back to like mm-hmm. talking to the guy at Sweet Bay. He's like, hey, yeah. can I have lunch? Absolutely. You got it. Oh, talking about, oh, it'd be cool to buy that restaurant. Yeah, and then someday exactly. it becomes available. Yeah, right? that, like yeah, you got to talk to the universe for it to answer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah, all right. We're, you guys are just, how many podcasts have you recorded right now? Six. Six, Six yeah. yeah. And so... Mm-hmm. All right, you're going to get a handful of listeners until maybe 20, 25. Some, one of these is going to click, and all of a sudden it's going to jump. And then these are going to be around forever. Your great-grandkids are going to be able to listen to them. <laughs> That's true. And one of these times it's going to jump to 1,000, then it's going to jump to 10,000, and then it's going to go. And then all of a sudden you're going to have 100,000, and people are going to go back into the history of it. Like, these guys are got some shit going on. Let me go see how they started right. and go back, and, and those – and then one through six are going to start increasing, mm-hmm. and but it doesn't happen overnight, and eh? it's not exactly. going to be so, tomorrow. So. But so you mentioned earlier, like your sorry, you said your clothing business that you had, your signage business, uh, you signing business, yeah, signing business, yep. business. It wasn't scalable. Correct. So I look, I criticize my business a lot because I'm like, man, I like, I feel like it's not as scalable as it is, like. Uh, whiskey. I feel like yeah. you can scale that pretty quickly as of, yeah. of who buys that, right? Yeah. Like for us, we're so local. We're doing such local business. I criticize my business for like, I don't, I don't know quite yet. I haven't figured it out how we're scalable yet because mm-hmm. that is kind of like 
the five-year mark, you need to be hitting these numbers in order to provide, right? The question is, like, how do you know when to ditch a venture? How do you know when, like, this is not working out? Yeah. Um, When you lose the passion. Okay. Boom. So not the numbers. When you it's, lose the passion, it's when you lose. The I think it's, it's straight up the answer. But every every business is scalable. You could take an outsider's perspective and be like, "Well, Ryan, yeah, you could have gone and done what you're doing over in Summit County, over in the Roaring Fork Valley, down in Denver." And yes, there, yes. But then once you start learning the intricacies of the business, you can. But it gets a lot, a lot more difficult with the fin- how the financial structure is set up. Um, it is it it is and was scalable. But not with the amount I, did, I had. My passion was zero at the end of it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, my passion wasn't even yeah, that much to okay. begin with. With it, it just paid the bills at the time when I was starting the restaurant. Um, but it's uh, uh, the lady that bought it from me has scaled it up maybe two x. She's maybe doubled the business, and cool. she's full time on it. And at the time, I was more part time and had the West Side going on and. Uh, and she's it's her main focus and I think she's scaled at two X and she's completely happy with it and it's perfect for her lifestyle. Uh and so with with another business, it's scalable. It's just depending on how it, maybe you can start an agency and start right. doing this. This is where we're sitting in is a pretty valuable studio to mm-hmm. offer this as recording space for other people that are starting podcasts that have podcasting down. Right. Um, I mean, we could spit all here all day. I don't know your business sure, by any sure. means, but yeah. um, I think there's I, I all, understand what you're saying. To your point, and Westside is scalable if I want to start multiple locations and make it a national franchise of franchise some kind. It. But again, I don't know if that passion's there to do that. <laughs> the amount of effort it, it uh, takes to run one location, let alone two or three or, or, or ten. or I mean, our local um, celebrity guys from Moe's Barbecue, they started with a food truck just across the street from where we're sitting right now uh, in the late 90s. And now they're probably over 100 locations. Last I checked, they're at 80-something locations. Yeah, I heard some Instagram guy talking about Moe's That's cool. um, and for Boston. Like, oh, they're like, all over the country now. It's like, yeah, yeah Moe's burrito, great. like going going through me like a Moe's burrito. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, wait, Moe's is like. From my man. eyes, they're crushing it. I don't know from the inside how it right. looks, but from from when I knew them and starting the food truck, literally twenty years ago here, Caddy Corner, from where we're recording to uh, them having over eighty. I know that franchises across the country is is incredibly impressive. And what you mentioned with the whiskey company, we can grow it, and uh, it's it certainly is scalable. Uh, after Westside, I had thought, I'm like, man, I want to follow down like my internet marketing buddies' businesses. They have the right. laptop, and then right. they can, and they, <laughs> and that's their deal. Uh, I'm like, I'm not gonna have another business that has a lot of equipment that I'm like anchored down to a location, <laughs> and I'm like, like, like a restaurant. I'm like, no, nah, and then I'm like, oh shit, distilling sounds kind of cool. Oh yeah, what about maybe naming an honor of these tenth guys? And then I'm like, how much equipment does distilling involve? I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so my roots I just keep on getting love. deeper and deeper here. But in the same breath, it's easier to scale. Like it's a product that we can that we're yeah. selling nationally. It's made here, but we can sell it nationally. But I think you brought up a really good point though. The woman who bought the the signing business, she's comfortable with where it's at. Like there's contentment yeah. too. Like yeah. not all business and I think we were trained this because of the society that we live in with big corporate America, it's not all business needs to be grown to sell. 
right? Like the uh, business yeah, can provide you a great, great lifestyle, yeah, and you, you know, like great point. that could be it. Like you know, yeah. the, you mentioned some of the you know village bagel, right? Like maybe they just want that one bagel shop. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for them. Hovian Harrison, maybe that's just mm-hmm. perfect for them, and it works, right? And it's enough. Like so, there's something to be said about being content in life, and I, I think that that to me is like the ultimate part of kind of being the balanced entrepreneur, the mompreneur. It's like when is enough enough, or when when you know maybe it isn't always the dollar or the sale or the scalable like maybe you get to a point where the 10th yeah. and you're just like hey you mm-hmm. know this is great and we're crushing and yeah. i just got to make sure it keeps going yeah. for my grandkids yeah, or right, my kids yeah. or whatever it is and there are know? plenty like, of owners out there that uh, restaurant owners that have one restaurant and that's great and they're completely happy and and you mentioned yeah village right. bagel and hoven harrison right across the street from us here and right. um and i mean you could name them one after another that's that's fantastic it's just kind of i guess depends on what's inside you Right, right. You know where yeah. you're going, so yeah. yeah I, I think that that's like part yeah. of it, though. You don't have to always think of it your no, business as being not. this like uh, giant yeah. scaled thing, or this. Yeah. If it doesn't make a, if it can't sell it for a billion dollars, like I, you know, as much as I, I do like what we're doing, Kim and I, and uh, I, I actually don't want to grow it to sell it. I don't, mm-hmm. but it is a very growable, sellable business, right? right and like, yeah. I, yeah, I could look at it like that, but I actually look at it as like a. Like I'm passionate about it right now and right. I get to, I get to do that. Right. Yeah. And I'm creating it for other people. So hopefully I continue that passion. And if I don't, either I step away myself and do something else or we sell it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's options then, but I don't think, you know, if we, I do think we're trained to go into business to sell. And I don't think that necessarily should be your ultimate goal. I, I see some of my buddies on the East coast, like one of them, him and his wife own a, a amazing wine, uh, like a, a, a liquor store, you know, in mm-hmm. the East coast and the Cape. And I'm pretty sure that's all they want. And it God seems like them. their life is like... <laughs> God bless them. Yeah, like it seems like it's great. That's you know, great. they have time with their family and they, they got this beautiful wine shop and they create stuff for their community. And it seems like that's enough. I don't know. I'm speaking mm-hmm. for them. I sure. really don't know. But yeah. I mean, man, looking from the outside, I'm like, oh, that'd be cool too. Yeah. That'd be cool to be like satisfied. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah I'm so thankful. <laughs> like, I'm so thankful we just like, we pretty much identified as like, f- figure out your passion. Because it makes me feel like yeah. it just makes I'm I'm feeling overwhelmingly relaxed now. Because mm. I'm just reminded. And if you I'm procrastinate, it maybe it's not your passion. Yeah, it's right, fine if you right. procrastinate. It's but it's not a negative thing. It's a, it's a Don't, yeah. It's a, a guiding light. Yeah, and I also think you know there's there's something to be said about passion, right? Like um, if you happen to be lucky enough to find a career that is your passion, God bless. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You also have to look at your career as providing opportunity for your passion so like sometimes like i i the first book i ever read that kind of like cued me into like there i'm not the only one who thinks like this there's other things in life right it was called happier and they talk about like yeah there are people like us who you know hopefully get to create our passion and live it and then there's the janitor who goes to work every day and he smiles and people wonder why he smiles and he's so happy because he's providing you know he's able to pay for his house and he's got health benefits for his daughter and he's providing this life and he looks at that as an opportunity Mm -hmm. so i do think there's like two things you know like sometimes like you're not you may not be even starting your own business i I know plenty of people that I, i communicate with lots of business owners they're not necessarily running their passion um, but they're running something that supplies them an opportunity to live their yeah, passion. Right. You, you, yeah, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, like there's other sides to it. I think mountainpreneur is a different story. I think that yeah. the idea of a mountainpreneur is, yeah, you typically choose a business that's your passion, right? Mm-hmm. Like you do, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but like, the, you know, the, the general entrepreneur doesn't always have to be necessarily your passion, but you have to be passionate enough to be able to wake up and do it. But is it, you know, is it going to supply you the opportunity right. to... And it might not at first, going back to the the restaurant uh, employee analogy, 
sit there and, and work the the restaurant job and do your 40, 50 hours a week. And, and then that certainly the, another great quote is it's not what you do from nine to five, it's what you do from five to nine. So, all right, maybe your five to nine or your nine to five job. All right. Restaurant employees aren't going to be necessarily that or your eight to eight a.m. to five p.m. job. But the analogy, what do you do from five p.m. to nine p.m. that gets you ahead? All right. You got those four or five solid hours there. That's going to that you have free time. All right. Do you choose to sit down on the couch and video game? All right. Cool. Right. If you do, go yeah, for it. Yeah. Fine. Right. Uh, or do you choose to to go skiing? All of us, God bless, we'll be on the lift with you more than mm-hmm. likely at least a, a day or two here. Or do you or if do you feel that drive that's inside you enough to sit down on the computer and learn a new skill? Certainly during COVID times, or maybe have a couple extra hours. Are you are, are you gaming? Are you inviting buddies over to to drink? Or are you inviting buddies over to drink beer and business plan uh or are you sitting down uh trying to up uh upskill yourself right and yeah. get another skill sure. uh level up you know it's yeah level up right it's uh so it, and again it's it just comes down to what's your passion what are you trying to go for there's no right or wrong but yeah. if you want a million dollar lifestyle and you're sitting there gaming and whatever smoking a bong and doing you know passing the time eating cheetos and those things don't coincide necessarily right. you got to be realis- realistic at the same time mm-hmm. uh, and certainly everyone knows the gamer out there that is crushing it yeah and, right they're in, making in, money off in, of their in, passion in, right in, in, <laughs> there we go. in like, esports are more and more popular these days i'm not into it but i uh, certainly respect and understand that culture uh so it's, it's really interesting that there's certainly all that going on but the gist of it bottom line is Whatever, if follow your passion. If you're procrastinating, I think then it's probably not your passion, and that's okay. So, and this can be a whole other topic, and I think it, it, we should never yeah. broach a subject. Is that, you know the school systems out there, uh, what we talk about you know, that education system and going to college and paying all that money. Right. I went to college, and I think personally that time was what I needed to you know mm-hmm. I needed the time to not go into my regular life. But through my travels after moving to Valley, I met a, you know, a kid from Israeli, uh, Israeli gentleman, Tev, I think his name was. And everything that he did, he taught himself off the Internet. Yeah, a, completely. Yeah, right. like there's a certificate, yeah. you know. And even yeah. one of my best mentors, I was like, oh, maybe I should go back and get my MBA. Why? I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't need it at all, but I wanted to do that. My One of our one of our, uh, our employees asked us that the other day. Maybe, maybe I should just go back to school. And it, my mentor at the time was like, figure out what you want to do and get a certification in it. Mm-hmm. Or read a book in it, right? Mm-hmm. And like that, to me, like you said, is that like that education. And we we can talk about that at another time. But if you yeah. you know if you're struggling right now, it's a really really good time to to maybe reevaluate education because you have that opportunity with this whole new yeah. COVID thing yeah, happening. Exactly. Um, right. But yeah, they, I could you know, I could have gone over to Scotland and gotten an education, uh, a master's in distillation, and and for two years, like give me a thirteen gallon still. Let's start making some spirits and. Let's go from there and see what right. happens, right? Granted, I had a little background with business uh, in in the hospitality industry before then, but uh, the whole making spirits. I, and now I can, I can, I don't know what they teach at those classes, but I could probably teach most of them. <laughs> I think. No. Yeah, that, um, that to me, like you said, continue continue to be the learner, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and that's just inherent in, in myself. Uh, and if you're a lifelong learner, I think you know it. Um, I started enjoying reading when I graduated college. Mm. yeah i started enjoying reading my 30s yeah seriously yeah Yeah. Yeah. like skiing right yeah and again (laughs) if you're if you're the entrepreneur and if uh all right if you want to ski 100 days a year 
Go make the next uh, generation of bindings. Go make the next generation boots. You're, you're going to go ski for the six hours a day, but then, all right, there's 18 hours left. Go home. All right, you're going to sleep a handful of those hours. Or go home and 12 hours left or whatever. You're designing a new boot. You're designing a new buckle. You're designing a new ski, a new binding, mm-hmm. a new pole. Who knows what it looks like? But if it's your passion, you're going home and working on it. So Yeah, you know, we'll bring up the last. Uh, I like giving shout-outs on this to other businesses, like Ski Town All-Stars, you know? Yeah, exactly. You, you right. watch his yeah. social media. You yeah. think Chris Bavona is literally just skiing every single day. Right, yeah. Go buy his shop in Eagleville. Yeah, he's there. Uh, yeah, yeah, go check it out. Like, you know, and, and, and yeah. he does live a great life. Like, I'm not, you know, yeah. trying to take it away that he doesn't ski all those days, but that is part of, he made that part of his brand. Yeah. Exactly. You know, he made that part of his his social media mm-hmm. presence. So he wanted that to be part of his life, and he made it. Yeah. And I guarantee I've talked to him. Like, sure. He's not stoked about going out and taking all those pictures every day in the winter. <laughs> right. Like, he has to go, you know, because yeah. that's his brand. That's what he created. Yeah. So, yes, it looks really great, cool. Great example. You know, yeah. but, yeah, he did create that. I'm on the mountain 100 days a year. Yeah. You know, and that, but if you go by his shop in Eagle Vale, man, they're cranking out. They're working. Oh, yeah. They're Absolutely. always there, they too. Like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a hustler. Yeah. So, yeah. it's like, yeah. If you, Again, we could, we could talk all night, guys. Um, yeah. I hope you got some takeaways from this. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up with a final question. Uh, but overall, I mean, there, there's definitely a, a lot of points that, that Ryan brought up, and we're, we're super stoked to have 10th Mountain here. If you guys haven't tried their spirits, uh, definitely partake in some. And, and, you know, with the COVID times, we've all had to pivot uh, and create some new things. And they, they have these great little mixing bottles now. Uh, you can literally buy a little bottle from them, buy a bottle of rye, and, and not have to, like, slave and make it old-fashioned. Just, you know, mix them together. You can, it's delicious. Yeah, it's super you. good. You know, uh, <laughs> if, we, if we sat longer, you'd hear us slurring speeches. But yeah. uh, I think you said you're rolling out with a 10 milliliters too, right? Uh, the 50 milliliters. 50 milliliters. Yeah, 50 those milliliters. are coming out now too. So, yeah, guys, ch- please check out uh, 10th Mountain uh, whiskey and spirits, and if you if you're in Vail, Colorado, also you know get some West Side. Uh, their Bloody Marys are absolutely amazing. Get a sidecar; it's like a meal with them. So that's my Bloody Mary recipe for today. <laughs> oh, is it really? Appreciate it. Yeah. Solid, solid. Yeah, I don't, it's funny. I don't even like that's Bloody awesome. Marys, and I still get a Bloody Mary. How do you not like a Bloody? Well, Mary? I never like tomato juice, uh, oh. but yeah, I like theirs. I, I remember one of my first birthdays up here. It was you know Jameson heavy morning and. We were definitely having bloodies at West Side. <laughs> That's good to know. I didn't know that. I love bloodies. Yeah, a little sidecar. You know, you get yeah. it with it. Uh, Nick, go ahead. Do you want to? Wait. So wait. Which one was our favorite question uh, here? I don't know. You had a your know, question was like. I did have one of like what it was your what what was your worst yeah that's what, what it was, was your worst business idea. <laughs> All right. Yeah. People talk. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> It's worse for a lot of reasons. I still think it's a very viable. It's probably more viable today than it was 10, 12 years ago. And I, I loved. I like to bring this up because people talk about your successes. They see Tenth Mountain. They see West Side. They mm-hmm. see um, whatever, and 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 they think you make a million bucks out of the gate. And and everyone knows it's not the case. That's that's in business. But for I think it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I. Uh, Mike, Steve, and I tried to start MyReviewAlarm.com. My what? Review Alarm. And it was to alert business owners when they got a new review online. At the time, it was Yelp, Facebook, TripAdvisor, and like Foursquare. Like Google Reviews wasn't even around yet, I don't think. And two out of the four sites had a, a, a pixel that or, that we could uh, – or an, a, 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 I even forget – API – that we could track the reviews through. And then the other two sites were pixelating illegally. And so every time they changed a different pixel on their website, it would fuck up our side of things. 
And so it was really hard to keep track of. And we made this beautiful landing page. We made right when uh, video expl uh, explanation videos were coming out, so maybe whatever year that was, um, 2008, 2009, uh, we made a beautiful explanation video. We spent a decent chunk on it. It would send you an alert on your phone when you got a new review because responding to reviews quickly, especially negative reviews, was very important, is very important. Uh, it would keep track. It was a basically a reputation management tool. And we could just never get to click. We didn't have uh, an in-house developer. Uh, we started out with a developer on the opposite side of the world. Then we moved to a developer that was closer to the U.S. And then we moved to a developer that was in the U.S. Then we moved to a developer that was in Boulder. And just the same story time after time. And it was probably two years we put into this thing. And, and we started because as at Westside, we were, we saw the review websites and how important they were and where they're going. Uh, and so we just wanted something to track the review site. So we won't have to do it every, we won't have to come into the Westside every morning and log on to the four or five different sites and check out the reviews and try to respond mm -hmm. to them. And so uh, early on, we put a lot of weight into reviews and we're like, well, we got to develop a technology that tracks this stuff for us. And so we did and it worked for like a week. And it was a beautiful week. <laughs> and I would get updates on my phone. I'm like, guys, we just got a, a review alarm. And it dinged. Did you guys get a ding? And it dinged. It dinged. And, and uh, my buddies in the internet space like, you got to sell that for 99 bucks a month. And it's going to blow up. And you guys are going to live the lifestyle. And the whole thing. And, <laughs> Selling and, and, it. And, and then we just it. never could make a sale. I'm like, no, we got to give it away. You know, we got to give it away at 49. I sell it 49 bucks. No, it didn't work. I sell it 29. No, it didn't work. I sell it 19.99. And Finally, it was just like too much. Every time a pixel, like one of the sites changed their their back end, it fucked up with our pixels. And and so it just never worked well. And, Seamlessly. And boy, that's, it hurts. How <laughs> old were you when you did that? It was, it was, it was eight, ten years into West that I was probably 35, 30, okay. uh, 33 or so, I guess. Yeah, right. so it was 2010 roughly. Somewhere in there, I had to double check, but it was called MyReviewAlarm.com. And it was just like we made get all the graphics and the video, and we were putting money into it, and it was just one check after another. Mike and Steve were like, how much, How long are we going to go, dude? Fine, <laughs> and now man. Google does it for you with like, favorites. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's fucking like, totally. simple now. Like, uh, you know, we work at PR firms, dude. and they're like, I didn't see the article. I'm like, you don't know that Google uh, tracks this for yeah, you? Like, exactly. They yeah. created everything you wanted. <laughs> yeah, and we and you could like choose your three or your four, three or four or five businesses you wanted to watch, like, uh, and we could watch their reputation compared to ours, like watch West Side compared to Sweet Basil compared to Latour or whatever. Um, and so that was, uh, that one hurt a little bit, not getting that one off the ground. That's super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite business book or podcast? Uh, and, you and know, favorite podcast. podcast uh, I got to, I got to give a shout out to Gary V. Gary mm. Vaynerchuk. I cool. like Gary um, V too. He's, uh, he's passionate. Again, go back to passion. He's passionate about what he's doing. Uh, you can hear it in every uh, time he gets in front of a microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, has certainly had a lot of successes investment wise and uh, as founders uh, as a founder uh, so uh, I, I connect a lot with what he's saying and how he runs his businesses um, so and uh, and he is the most active business person on social out there you can't yeah he is you can't uh, turn a corner without running into him um, book wise <sighs> There's a, I'm going to kick myself because I'm going to think of a book right when I walk away from here because I just read 
books um, left and right. Right now, I'm, I'm reading. I'm, I'm in my non-business book uh, mode. I'm reading The Winter Army, which is about Tenth Mountain Division. Cool. Yeah, and then I'm also I'm I'm finalizing Setting the Table. Oh, uh, uh, yep. Yeah, which is a hospitality uh, book, um, which is it's great. Uh, I like that you brought up Gary V because a lot of times I share his posts. And, yeah, right. And yeah. They definitely upset yeah. people. Do they really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like you know, my friends and family and and I I think it's a good test right there. If you if you want to be an entrepreneur, right. start watching Gary V and if what he's yeah. saying is upsetting you, maybe you don't want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. it cuz yeah, like, yeah, exactly. he's pretty yeah. a thousand percent real. Like yeah. like yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm from the East Coast, we are very direct people. And around Colorado, like we're not allowed to be as direct as the East Coast. Yeah, right. Um, we're afraid of hurting feelings. And Gary V might hurt your feelings. And if you if if you're gonna get a hurt feeling, like I think it's a yeah, good maybe. testament about yeah, sure. like maybe you know, be a number two, number yeah, three. Yeah, right? yeah. Like maybe yeah. you're the guy. Like maybe you're the one who gets paid really well, mm-hmm. where the entrepreneur doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You know totally. I mean? Like, but yeah, Gary V to me, he definitely is confronting in a good way. Yeah. Um, guy Roz, how I built this. Yes, that. oh, yeah, that's yes. fun. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good that's one. a fun podcast to listen to. I've been um, digging into when they're changing the name of it, but it's building a story brand. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Um, I forget their program. They off, you know, a lot of these pod, business podcasts they have like Kimbo is Seth Godin's lead into mm, his sure. some, his right. trainings, uh, and they have some trainings coming up. And I think they're changing the name to whatever their their training um, their company actually is. But yeah, building a brand story is another one. It's a they cool. just get down and dirty. Cool. Yeah, they get Besides windshield time, like windshield meetings. More than likely, there's a business podcast going on in my car. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. always. Yeah, uh, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. How, how many jobs have you had at once? <laughs> Good uh, question. Four. Oh, well, I mean, I guess um, as as an owner or as an, an employee, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, job, like a job, yeah, job, yeah. Like what's uh, physical what's, places? You no, have to I go? think back. Yeah, when, physical or like when I first attention. moved to town, I had probably, I had four jobs at once. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and you know I think all that always comes with an asterisk that you got to move out here and you have to have two three four jobs to survive. All right, those jobs aren't full time necessarily, but the jobs inherently are twenty hours a week or thirty hours a week, and so you have to have a couple jobs stacked onto each other to give yourself a full time a full time and a half mm. uh, work environment uh, paycheck I guess nonetheless. Um, but when I first moved out here, funny story, I came out here with 1500 bucks and I was down to five bucks to, to my checking account to all I had before I got my first paycheck. <laughs> so what it comes down to. And wow. I remember I was like, and my buddy wanted to go out. I'm like, dude, this $5 bill is all I got. Yeah. You're going to buy like, me a beer. <laughs> he's like, dude, we're going out. I'll figure it out. I'm like, all right, let's go. And so I remember uh, those days first moving here, but yeah, exactly. You got right? me? Yeah, exactly. I, I got you. Like, I'll go out. Sure. I'd love to, but, um, uh, no, I yeah, it was it was two bartending gigs, a catering job, uh, and then probably working at the gym one day a week so I could get a free gym pass or something. So, so this is the next business idea that we need to come up with is how to share employees. It's always been my Vale Colorado dream, right? Because like ah, you know we had right. the you know we have this restaurant that has this yeah. employee that's they're great, but they can only give them twenty hours uh-huh. a week, and then Yeti's Grind needs them for fifteen hours a week, but they're great there too. I know it can't exist, but like, how could we like? How, what business, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I know it's like a temp agency a type, type, schedule, type of thing, but like, how do you group. make it like a full? <laughs> you know, give this great yeah. employee because there are great employees that come here, and a lot of them end up leaving because they can't right. piece yeah, it no together, doubt, right? right? Yeah, like, no doubt. So if we could like make that like that employee pool for like you know Tenth Mountain, the the 
the root and flowers, the Yeti's grind, the, the sweet basils. Like, and right. you guys could, this is the pool. Like, we got this. And from the business there. perspective, you don't want to pay overtime. And no, that's yeah. when they're limited. Mm-hmm. If they're getting 40 hours at that place, uh, then to maybe they can't meet their lifestyle with 40 hours. So they need another 20 hours or uh, 10 hours in town or 10 hours or whatever. So, mm. yeah, Bobby, absolutely right. How do we yeah. share employees? Yeah. All right, my Top. last question. And actually, I'm not sure which one to ask. Ask so we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, the question is like, what would you tell your 20 year old self? Oh, go for it. And there okay, go, go for it. <laughs> Do it. Seriously, uh-huh. yeah. It's um, yeah. When I moved up here, it was a, a little. Um, maybe I don't. I wasn't that nervous. I was like, I'm going to the mountains. It's key. I'm going to figure it out. I was confident mm-hmm. in myself, but I think go for it. Um, I guess passion is kind of the theme of the podcast here today. So right. I was passionate about skiing. I was passionate about the mountains, uh, playing in the summertime. And I'm like, that's my home. And my first couple of days here, and I started walking around, getting to know the area. I'm like, yeah, this is home for a while. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Do you still soon. get to play? Do you still get to get out? And yeah, do you but it's more quality versus quantity, mm-hmm. right, is what it comes down to. Sweet. Uh, still do. not. I don't get the 80, 90 days a year on the hill anymore by any means. Um, that's Those days are long gone. Uh, they're filled now by something I'm, I love doing. So uh, that's okay, but it's more uh, quality days. Quality can be waist-deep powder days. Quality can be... Uh, some of my best friends I grew up with coming into town skiing for a weekend. Quality can be a, a bluebird day and that we all love and enjoy with a couple beers in the back of the deck. So, uh, so yeah, it's, I think it's more quality versus quantity, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Cool, brother. Well, hey, yeah. it was great having you. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Appreciate uh, you guys having me. Yeah, yeah thank man. you. Um, I don't know who's next, but we can't wait for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Get Scotty in here, man. Uh, that'll be good. Yeah. Tenthwhiskey.com. Well, Yes. yes, we'll it's throw a bunch of, we'll throw links. Yep. Yeah. How? Oh, yeah. How can people find out about yep. you? Spirits.tenthwhiskey.com is the place to find Spirits Direct to Consumer. Tenthwhiskey.com is our main webpage. Uh, certainly come visit us at our Vale Tasting Room at 227 Bridge Street, and/or come down to the distillery at 500 Trail Gulch Road, Gypsum, Colorado, and uh, find us out and about in your nearest liquor store or bar or restaurant. We'll put links to the website and Sweet. everything on, Sweet. on Instagram and on. Uh, Okay, so thanks everyone for tuning in. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.